What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Crazy Face Uno podcast. I'm your host, Shane McNeely. Just a reminder, Crazy Face Uno is inspiring others to do good and make a difference in our local and global community. And it's my honor today to introduce you to the Miss Lakeville International 2019, Monica Yobert. Welcome, Monica. Thank you. I am very happy to have you on the podcast. And like we were just talking about, this is your first podcast. This is. This is my very first podcast. So now I'll actually have to probably, you know, check them out. I know people sing their praises, but I've always just been like, eh. Yeah. It'll be a new thing for me to add to a list. There you go. There you go. I love it. I love it. Um, I... I did say that right, right? You are Miss Lakeville. Um, um, Mrs. Lakeville, because I am married. Oh, yes, Mrs. But that's just fine. Um, and I will only be that title for a few more weeks before Ooh, I transition to perfect. my next one, which is Mrs. Dakota County. Nice. So, nice. Moving up. Moving up. spectrum. <laughs> that is awesome. I, we'll get into that a little bit, but I want to sing your praises first and talk a little bit. We first met, um, I believe it was like, either late 2013 or early 2014 um, in special education. Yeah. We worked in the same classroom together in a DASH classroom, which is... um, Do you know that? Do you remember what that stands for? Yes. And you put me on the spot, but I got this. It is (laughs) developmental and severely handicapped. Dakota alternative for the severely handicapped. Uh, I was so close. Close. Man. I mean, it was. Nobody ever tells you what that is, by the way. It's like. No. It's the just. The entire school district is made of acronyms that no one knows. Yeah. Whether. Dash is like oh, even. Oh, you're on the test shot? You're in the paces? You're in the <laughs> You're like, what? What does that even mean? Yeah. And no, I don't know if anybody really knows what they mean, but they know what the programs are. Right. <laughs> Classic. And they are technically listed online. I've looked them up. But I can't remember them. Yeah, of course. Um, You are owner with your husband of Bear Den Events. Yes, um, it's actually that's a name change that I need to change. He was he was playing with name changes and changed it to Bear Den Events, and then never changed it back. It's technically Bear Den Fitness. (laughs) Bear Den Fitness, Um, awesome. We had a studio location, but we chose to drop our overhead because renting yeah. space is expensive. expensive and yeah. so now we are uh, essentially mobile, and so people cool. can hire us, and we come to them instead, which you know cuts costs for us, and then is more convenient for other people. However, it's kind of on the back burner. Or, sorry, back burner. While I am uh, in college. <laughs> yeah, I saw that as well. Something I don't need to add to my many things so yeah. but that's convenient for me too is i can just take a break from it and it doesn't hurt anything yeah absolutely you are also a board member on a couple different boards um i sorry i have a cat in <laughs> we, are, we just got a kitten and it wants to be near you at every I get it. Can get. So if you hear meowing or purring or something, I apologize. No worries, no worries. We just go with the flow here. So right. my my pooch, he's laying down. There were some uh, thunderstorms, well, 
there wasn't any thunderstorms, but there was some thunder that was rolling through earlier today, about an hour ago, and he's not a big fan, so he's got to be right next to me as well. So, <laughs> so. Uh, but anyway, you're a you're a board member on two different boards. Is that correct? Yep, two different boards. Um, the Panel Prague board, which is the City of Lakeville's uh, summer celebration every year. Uh, I joined that board last year. I am. I am the youngest on that board. At a girl. Uh, at 34 years old. <laughs> nice. It. Uh, so I'm. I'm trying to breathe some new life, some fresh perspective yeah. into it. Um, and basically, we are in charge of planning the 10-day city festival every year. Uh, nice. Going through our budget and figuring out what events work, what don't, what's going to draw the most people to the city of Lakeville. Sort yeah. Of. And uh, we had another successful year. Awesome. We just did our wrap-up meeting at the end of the week here, and we're looking forward to 2020. Congrats. That's awesome. That's really cool. And then my other board, um, why am I blinking on what other board I sit on? Oh, Youth Dragon Field. Yeah. <laughs> Probably because we're not in the season. Um, you know, we don't start meeting until, like, November, and then nice. after track season's over, we meet once, and then so we get a nice long break, but... The Youth Track and Field program in Lakeville. Uh, awesome. I sit on that board as well, and we plan all the events for that sport. Look at you! That's awesome. That's really cool. Um, you are, like you had mentioned, you're married. Uh, your husband, the beard guy. That beard guy. Yep. Yeah, that beard guy. My uh, he's bearded a, beast. Yeah, South African, and. Uh, that's really cool. I'd love to chat with you a little bit about that too, potentially, if we've got time. Yeah. Um, and I saw that you are on your website. I saw that you are the best buddy champion of the year. So I'm a candidate. Candidate. Yes. Um, I was going to yeah. clarify. So the gala will be in November where they'll announce the candidate, the champion of the year winner. And basically how you become the champion of the year is you raise the most money for Best Buddies. So cool. I'm fundraising for Best Buddies uh, and in, the t- in attempts to raise the most money for that nonprofit. Um, and then I'm in second place currently. Awesome. Uh, so I've well, got to step up my game. <laughs> yeah, maybe we can help you out here. So um, love to love to do what we can to help you out. So Yeah, um, that would be great. Well, let's go back. I am very interested in uh, Mrs. Lakeville um, International 2019 and kind of what that entails and what all all goes into becoming um, Miss Lakeville as well as what you do once once you've earned that or won that. Once I've earned the title. It's exciting as it sounds. Yeah, perfectly honest. Okay. Uh, the, Mrs. the Mrs. Lakeville or Mrs. Dakota County title is actually a given title. Okay. Uh, you do need to secure them through an application process and then a, a, a fee, essentially. However, those are doors to then going on and competing for the Mrs. Minnesota title. Okay. Which is an actual one that you compete and win for. Gotcha. Um, is that a goal of yours? So, that is a goal of mine. I would love to be, well, I competed in March of 2019, um, was first runner-up 
and so I'm hoping 2020 is my year. But the the international pageant system is not your typical like, oh, she's a really pretty face, yeah, and she can play the flute or the violin or the piano <laughs> or dance, yeah. Uh, it, they tried to they created a pageant with substance, so they want to know what are you doing in your own community to make a difference. Yeah. Why are you a good steward in your own community? Why do you deserve a title? And so it's very community service based, and so that's why I like the pageant system. And then it gives me a chance to uh, promote the things that I'm passionate about, you know, on a on a higher on a higher level. Yeah. For whatever reason, people tend to listen to you when you don a sash and a crown. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why it's this magical like oh, she's important because she has something sparkly on yeah, her yeah. But if it works, I'm going to use it. Absolutely. If that's the platform. I mean, it's a great platform to, to do good and to, uh, you know, make a difference, which is something that Crit Space yeah. Uno cares about and uh, is working to, uh, to do as well. So that's really cool. That's awesome. What are, what are some of the things that you were a part of this year that, um, that you're proud of or, or that you're... Uh, so this year was, um, you know, as you know, working in special ed, you you can't just, you have to have a passion for mm-hmm. that. Otherwise you get burnt out, you get exhausted. And um, I just wanted to take my passion for where I work yeah. outside of those classroom walls. And so um, one of our previous students uh, is on the South Metro Miracle League. Um, yeah. And... So I, this year I've done some stuff with them just in terms of volunteering, did some stuff with the Special Olympics, just volunteering. Um, I helped organize the Tim Tebow Night to Shine event, which is um, essentially a prom for people who live with disabilities. Very cool. Um, you know, I'm, I'm my, a group of us, we all met online in a mom Facebook group, uh, started a coalition this year that we are going to city councils or we're meeting privately first with different city officials uh, and discussing with them how to revamp their playgrounds to make them more inclusive. Awesome. Uh, Because it's a lot of those things that people just don't even think about. Yeah. You know, you and I are able-bodied humans. We don't think about how difficult it is for someone in a wheelchair to play on a a playground that has pea gravel or sand or wood. Yeah. Uh, and that there's very limited equipment that those individuals can even use. Right. And so like we monkey bars aren't necessarily. <laughs> yeah, right. Or if they do have very strong upper bodies right. and could actually pull themselves across monkey bars, yeah. they're six, seven feet off the ground. How are they right. going to get up there? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so just a group of like-minded farms. We started the South of the River Inclusive Playground Coalition, and we do have our first... Um, board meeting that we will like will be presented to the park and rec board in apple valley um and we're just we're focusing on education we don't expect cities to change over in a day yeah um we understand that there's obviously so much red tape and things that are involved but what we want is the education behind it because there's a difference between um you know people will say well i'm ada compliant and that's good and great, but ADA compliancy is 1% of the disabled population. Mm. 
So that's nice that you are ADA compliant to apply with federal laws, but you're leaving out 99% of the people. And so we just are going in with a voice of, we're educating you. We're not trying to Mm -hmm. become angry mobsters of moms. We just want you to know that this is out here and there's a group of people that would benefit for you to take a second look at your playground planning, at your building planning, at your whatever it may be to make it a space for everyone. Yeah, that's really cool. Awesome. What is your, what would you say, um, so it sounds like you've got the, you know, like the present goal is education and allowing people to become aware. Um, Do you have future goals with that as well? I mean, do you want... We have future goals of uh, expanding our own coalition to include more resources that when we do approach cities, we can say, you know, here's the education behind what's the difference between accessibility and inclusive inclusivity, as well as, oh, okay, cool, you're on board with, like, the city of Apple Valley is super on board with listening to us. Yeah. Um, and, And in those talks, they've been very frank and said, hey, Money talks. Right. You know, we could probably, and when when you throw out numbers to the average human being, you know, $200,000 is like, whoa, that's so much money. Yeah. But when it comes to actual city planning, that's a drop in the bucket. Right. And we'll buy you a slide. Yeah, right. Um, and so our future goal is to then also have a partnership of resources that we can approach cities who are willing to change over their playgrounds. And, and it, it, well, it's not every playground. It's a couple It's one, or it's one main one or, you know, something that will draw people to their city. Yeah. And we can say, hey, Target is willing to, and I'm just throwing businesses out here. Yeah. So Target but Target, if you're listening. Sponsor, <laughs> Target, if you're listening. Target's willing to sponsor, you know, the concrete core on this playground. Yeah. Best Buy would like to purchase the accessible swing, uh, you know, or even this is a great fundraising tool that works so that cities aren't so, they're more willing to listen. Yeah. Say we can help you with the fundraising aspect because we know that only 200 or 300,000 of the city budget is going to go to this playground and it's going to be a, you know, slightly over a half million dollar project while we have these resources available to you. So we want to be as helpful as possible with with getting our project plans completed. Yeah, that's really so, cool. That's and, great. And, and pull together the most amount of resources that we can because the only way it's going to work is if people do come together for a common cause. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Man, that's really cool. That's cool. cool thing to be a part of. And so you've used your platform uh, as Miss Lakeville, Mrs. Lakeville. Um to kind of help with that as well, to then. Kind of, yeah, to kind of shoehorn my way in and say, hey, hey, I am somebody. <laughs> Listen to me. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. Um, and, you know, same with the city of Lakeville. We, so the city of Farmington added a, this year for their city festival, added a sensory zone to their parade where all very loud noises and, you know, uh, the sirens and the flashing lights and stuff had been toned down for kids who were easily overstimulated or, or mm. not even kids, just people who would otherwise maybe not be able to enjoy a parade because of the sight, sounds, smells that are associated with a parade. So we created, they, Farmington created a sensory friendly 
area blockade of the parade so that people of all abilities had the chance to view it. And so that's on our docket next year for Panel Fog is figuring out where we want to incorporate that. You yeah. know, so this is, it's, it's helped to have me being on these boards and joining these boards and having the education, you know, they, most people, like I said, if they're able-bodied, they don't even think about it. Right. It doesn't affect your life. You don't realize it's a problem. Yeah, I love that. I love that it's, um, you know, I think here's the part that I love about what you just said with the parades. It's that having that specific block or that specific area um, and knowing that, like, if you have an individual, a person that needs that, this is where they can go, um, but still allowing for the parade to operate in its traditional fashion, I guess, if you will, right. um, outside of that. And I think, I think that's really cool of, of it's not pushing an agenda to change it for everyone, but it, it's meeting in the middle in a way. Um, I really yeah. like that. I yeah. think that's really cool. And I actually was very surprised. Um, I was a participant in the Farmington parade. Uh, I was, when we got to the sensory zone, it was well signed, like, you know, trucks, turn off your sirens, you know, whatever yeah. it needed to be. And everyone in the parade route who was units in the parade were aware. Like, yeah. the zone is coming up. You need to do what you need to do. Um, the amount of veterans who we don't necessarily even oh, think of. Oh, yeah. You know, that parades, parades. Those noises and sounds and lights. And things. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, there was quite a few veterans sitting in that area. And so it was even for me a light bulb moment of, oh, here I was thinking traditional sensory overload. Yeah children who have autism or other things that affect those patterns and then didn't even think about this other group of people so yeah. it was even like oh well there you go that gave me the chills uh that's really cool <laughs> i really like that and I, I i didn't even think of that either i, I not for a second no, i mean maybe that's our special education kind of experience and background but yeah i didn't even and i think that's what you and i we first turned to when you hear yeah. about that sensory friendly is that special education because we ourselves have that education but we don't think of the broader spectrum and that's yeah. where I really appreciate that I have this group of other you know it's not just me alone that are trying to accomplish all of this yeah. I wow. have like-minded individuals who are also educating me along the way because there's always there's always something to learn yeah you know I should also say uh for, for the listeners out there Monica we mentioned uh you your goal of uh, becoming, uh, what is it, Mrs. Minnesota, I guess. But, um, um, yeah, that you are from Minnesota, Twin Cities, Lakeville, Farmington, this area that you've been mentioning or talking about is the South Metro, like the South uh, suburbs yeah. of yeah. the so Twin Cities. So. Yeah, and so um, just for you listening, if you want some context as to where that's at, that's, that's what we're talking about. Uh, Minnesota, St. Paul, Minneapolis, that area, and about 30 minutes south. So, um, yeah, very cool. That is, that's, Although I refuse to go anywhere towards Minneapolis or St. Paul right now because of uh, It's that season. <laughs> it's that season. As, uh, and it's even worse. 494 uh, and 35W, Cedar and 169 are the only two options. Yeah, that's the beauty of living in Florida. We don't have too much of that right now. So. No. Yeah, I I win on winter and I win on road construction. So enjoy both of those things. <laughs> I 
I have the Minnesota State Fair, which started today, though. Ooh, so nice. That's fun. Um, just wall to wall people as well, so I guess it's actually not much different than road construction. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. And if you are listening and you've never heard of or been to the Minnesota State Fair, uh, you should probably check that out. It is yeah. massive. There is. It is one of the largest state fairs in the country. Yeah, it's, and it's twelve days long, and it is insanity. And some people go all twelve days. People were lining up at eleven fifteen p.m. last night for gate open at six p or six a.m. this morning. I just don't understand that, but <laughs> right? No, <laughs> to, I don't to each their own. I, to each their own. Yeah, I mean, it's huge. The food scene is amazing. There's so much entertainment, big bands, big name, you know, artists, um, athletes. It's it's incredible. It's really a fun spectacle, and really <laughs> if you will. Good, right, and really good people watching. Oh, the best. <laughs> All walks of life that come together for food, really, food and entertainment. Yeah, the creativity with the food. They always have the, the new, like, the food highlights, or what's it called? The food... Like the different ones each year, where they kind of highlight those special right, they, foods. Right. Basically, what's new? Um, you know, they uh, do craft beers and they do yeah. all, all sorts of like mini donut beer. I'm not super adventurous when it comes to the safer food, partially because like I'm afraid to spend twelve dollars on some sort of weird concoction and not like it. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> and then but, there's things that freak me out. Like there was some sort of shrimp something or other that a few years back that was like highly sought after and everyone was like, you need to try this. And I was like thinking, shrimp from a food truck that, <laughs> and we're shipping that in from the coast into Midwest Minnesota. Ah, <laughs> uh, come on, Monica. You got to live a little bit correctly. here. You got to live a little bit. Little my guts out on <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's funny. What's your speaking of the Minnesota State Fair? What you said you kind of keep it tame, but what, what are like oh. three things that you always make sure you do? The pork chop on a stick if I can find it. Okay. So I guess it's four. A corn dog. Yeah. Um, I honestly see no difference between a corn dog and a pronto pup. So anyone from mm. Minnesota listening, right there. Don't even come at me. Oh, I'm coming um, at you already. Corn dogs are clearly better. What's the di- I don't taste the difference. Well, maybe I've never truly had one or the other. Like, maybe if you had uh, maybe if you had the fish or the um, the shrimp deal, you know, the you'd shrimp, understand the difference. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the sweet Martha's cookies. Oh, of course. You, you know, have to somehow balance and walk to the all-you-can-drink milk stand you can eat your cookies with milk. Duh. And then, um, um, what am I, okay, so corn dog slash pronto puff, pork chop on, oh, and the, and the fries. Fries. Mm, yep. Which, you know, it's more food than anyone used to consume ever in uh, like a week. Yeah. And we do it in like a six hour period. <laughs> yeah. But there's lots of walking, so there's that. There's and you can rationalize it in that way, I guess. Right. Yep. I'm walking my corn dog off to the cookies. That's perfect. Nice. Does yeah. Mrs. Lakeville have any things to do in at the State Fair? Uh, so I can ride in the State Fair parade as a visiting Oriole chief if I would like to. Cool. Because um, there's a parade that goes through a section of the State Fair every day at 2 p.m. 
and so he does Disney royalty or the, the different the different bands and stuff will come from the state and play yeah. for the parade and um I haven't we haven't decided we're going on Tuesday and we haven't I'm gonna bring it with and so if we're anywhere near where the parade starts because you literally hop on the visiting royalty float is all it is um I didn't make much of an effort to get a hold of anyone inside the state fair to, you know, help at a booth or anything like that because we originally weren't even sure we were going to go. Um, and then my husband decided, since my mother-in-law is visiting from South Africa, that she needs to see this spectacle for herself. Absolutely. <laughs> so, what did? And I was like, ooh, that's a lot of money. Yeah. Is she here right now then? So, she is. She's yeah. been here uh, since, like, June 25th is, I think, when she flew in. That's awesome. And then she leaves on Wednesday of next week. Awesome. But so she gets to sneak in the state fair. Sort of summer. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We're out to the Grand Canyon and showed her some, some of the United States a little bit. Um, she's actually well more traveled in the United States than I ever have been. I'm hoping <laughs> to catch up to her at some point. Yeah. Because she worked cruise ships. So she's um, been in and out of a lot of harbors. Yeah. So... That's She's really seen cool. more of the U.S. than I have, which is really sad. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So let's let's go there, that direction. You took a trip recently to South Africa with your husband and your daughter, mm-hmm. correct? Yes. How was that? Yep, we went last. We went last year. Uh, we went in July of last year, which is for them, it's winter. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was incredible. It was amazing. There. Um, a country in turmoil, unfortunately, that doesn't get a lot of airtime in any of our in any of our press. Uh, there's a lot, and it stemmed from it has stemmed from their their rough history. Yeah, you know, there was apartheid up until 1994, and some of the some of the old culture still exists there. Um, and you know, it's really hard for a certain group of people to. When 9% of the population controls all the power. Uh, Sounds it's familiar. Really hard. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> Very similar. Um, and so there's, they, they have a lot more violence than we do in terms of protesting and things like that. Right. Um, and their political climate is changing as well. Where we went, we were very safe. Um, you know, we were with family. Uh, but even that slowly changing over the the protests and stuff that's happening is slowly creeping into where like my mother-in-law lives out there Mm. Um, so it's a little scary um you know they have a very broken infrastructure so it was interesting to learn and see it firsthand um but we did spend some time like in the touristy areas which when you go there you would never know that the the country is is such upheaval either sure um you know, so we did the traditional touristy things. We went on safari and we went to the ocean and yeah. we did some of those big, big ticket things and saw, you know, animals that I never expected to see outside. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> had an encounter with a lion cub, Ooh. Um, which, you know, that's the other thing. Like people, we as Americans love to bash trophy hunting but mm-hmm. it is a way of life out there, the amount yeah. of money that, like, I don't, I still, it hurts my heart, and I don't condone it, um, but it's a way of life, you know, yeah. they raise groups of lions strictly for this, almost like pheasant hunting here, only right. different, like I said, it's it's, a, it's an icky, no-win situation, really, yeah. but it is 
a moneymaker for coal communities. Right. It's an industry. Um, so it was really interesting to learn it and see it firsthand. My mother-in-law lives in the city where Nelson Mandela was captured. Mm. Um, and so that was really neat to go to the Nelson Mandela Museum and kind of learn that history firsthand. What was really great was my daughter's exposure to all Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Just in general, her exposure to realize that it's not all sunshine. You know, she she wasn't she is aware of how much privilege she has here. Yeah. Um, and it's actually made her a better little human being for it because she knows that her life could be something completely different if she yeah. wasn't born and raised here. Right. And so I think that's been the biggest thing for me is she appreciates everything she got to do, seeing elephants, seeing lions, seeing giraffe and all of that, but then she also appreciates that she comes home to this very comfortable life. Yeah. How old is your daughter again? She'll be 11 next month. 11. Young lady. She is. She's, we're, we're hitting preteen, and as much as she appreciates life, she's going to give me a run for my money. So we We've seen bits and pieces of preteen teen attitudes. I'm like, oh god, I'm not ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And well, we and did we did our fifth grade orientation today, which is her last year of middle school, and mom was a little like, oh, okay, <laughs> my, baby, my baby's growing up, and she's super excited to get fifth grade over with and go to middle school. And I'm like, no, no, yeah. take your time, honey. <laughs> take your time. Yeah. Do you like to repeat the fifth grade? I'm fine. <laughs> Uh, Monica, you you and your daughter, um, you raised your daughter by yourself for a little while um, before you met your husband, and I know that you know there are a lot of single mothers out there. Um, what was that experience like for you? Uh, you know, it was very. It actually was very isolating. Um, I mean, I, you know, my situation. Um, I did have a lot of support and help. I shouldn't say it was very isolating because I, you know, I had my parents support yeah. help and stuff. Um, but in terms of connecting as adults, I didn't realize when we talk about the divorce rate being 50%, um, I don't know where they get that statistic because when my daughter entered kindergarten, I was like one of two single mothers in the entire class. Yeah. And so it was like, oh, you know, so Christmas, Christmas party, fall festival, all of that was these couples and these things and it was like oh yeah well where's your husband and it's like oh I don't have one right yeah uh, you know and and Danny struggled a little bit with um we tried very hard to instill in her like hey not all families look the same yeah case in point you're an only child and you know her, her little core group of friends she met in kindergarten all had younger siblings like they were the oldest they all had younger siblings and so we tried to use that like hey see other people hey siblings and yeah you know some people live with mom and dad some people live with mom dad and potentially grandma or any variation of this and that and the other yeah. thing um but i found i found you know the the way i had to live life at that time with working three jobs and having her in before and after school care um was very lonely because when i did get invited you know i i maybe went to one one holiday party a year if I could make it, you know. Mm-hmm. I'd constantly get emails on the school about, we need parent volunteers, and it was like, well, that's nice. 
but I have okay. my daughter. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, I have I have a before school job, I have an after school job. You know, you feel like I was torn between do I make money to better our situation or do I sacrifice more and and potentially go without something to be there. And yeah. so I never really got that balance. I don't think she ever realized that she didn't get as much money time as other kids. Yeah. Um, because she did have a good, you know, because grand, grandma would step in for me. And right. She would have someone there. Yeah. Um, and I, it's a struggle. I mean, and then because I chose to work three jobs and not, I didn't qualify for, you know, the aid that's supposed to be for people like me. Mm-hmm. I, I even had a caseworker tell me, well, if you would quit one of your jobs, you would qualify for, um, I think it was SNAP, which is the food assistant. Yeah. And I was kind of like, well, that doesn't help me then. Yeah. Not, like, it's not really the fi- most financial viable <laughs> option. So yeah. For me to get childcare assistance um, with the three jobs that I was working at that time, um, I made 30 cents too much to receive child care assistance and so it was like cool because this 30 cents will pay my daycare bill yeah <laughs> like, no no it won't it's you learn a lot about the system that that people love to complain about yeah um and you realize how actual if i would have quit my job i would have been depend been dependent on that food assistance right and if i would have then tried to better my situation or if I would have gotten a job that did pay more money where I could reduce the number of jobs that that, that food assistant goes away. Yeah. So it's this weird conundrum of we our system is broken and we create people who have habits that need to stay on it. Otherwise, yeah. they don't make enough money then to, stay, to, to get off of it. So right. I learned a lot. Um, when it's such a complex, it's such a complex, it, it's like, complex. issue. And then when we moved into low-income housing, when I finally was able to be in a place where I could move out of my parents and move into low-income housing, it was the same kind of story. Um, you know, these women that also lived in this housing, or even families, it wasn't just single women, it was quite a few single women, but yeah. um, they were doing the same thing. And, you know, there was times where, and it's really humbling, um, because I did live a different life prior to getting divorced and finding myself as a single mom with yeah. the custody of a child. Um, and so people would look at you weird, too, because I have Lululemon. Yep. But I live in low-income housing, and it's like, well, that's, that's something prior. It was from a prior life. Yeah. And trust me, I thought about selling it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it was this, it's this weird thing of people look down on you. You. Yeah. Like, well, you have a you have a decent car, and it's like, yeah, because I it was pre-divorce or pre-whatever pre-situation. Yeah, yeah. And so, thank goodness I have this car to get me, because if I had to buy something, well, I don't know. I'm I I did go through a period of you know only being able to afford really crappy cars, and I was changing cars every other year because they right. they dump out on you. So yep. you know, it's it's like. It's an experience that, as much as, as it was difficult, I'm glad that I experienced it because I do think it also made me a more empathetic person in mm. general. Um, I think it made me a better, it made me a stronger person. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, any single mom currently going through it, it 
may feel fruitless. It may feel exhausting. It is exhausting, but the fight is worth it because you're showing your children that you can do anything and that they can do anything. And I think that's part of the reason my kid, knock on wood, seems to be going in the right direction, but we've... (laughs) Yeah. Well, Monica, what are, what are some suggestions or what are some like, uh, what's some encouragement you would give, uh, single moms that maybe were, are in a similar situation or have been in a situation that, that you've gone through and, um, what's some advice or some, some inspiration you would give them? My biggest is don't be afraid to ask for help. Like I know Mm. that's probably really cliche, but my help that I received when I was down and desperate came from the most unexpected places. Like those friends that I really hadn't talked to in a few years actually came out of the woodwork and supported me in ways that, you know, like offering to watch Danny or pick her up or whatever. And it's like, wow, I haven't, I haven't fostered the friendship with that person like clearly I should have because they genuinely care. Yeah. Um, I think sometimes we feel like we're a burden instead of, you know, and so it's hard to ask for help because you're like, oh, I don't want to bother them. Yeah. And so, I mean, the worst they can tell you is no. Right. And I'm learning through fundraising efforts, no isn't a big deal. <laughs> yeah. It's actually maybe there's, sometimes it's best. Else, <laughs> right, if someone tells you no, there's someone else who's going to tell you yes. Yeah. somewhere you just have to keep asking yeah um and you know that family and i've learned too through everything that i've gone through um family isn't always blood like i do have a great family unit but not everyone has that yeah but some people that are in my life now i'm not related to but those are my family Right. You know, my best friend actually just moved into the housing we moved out of after she unfortunately found herself in a similar situation. Um, sure. And now divorced. And that girl's my family. Like, yeah. and I'm trying my best to support her, you know, because I've told, I've told her many times, been there, done it. Right. Let's get you through this. It's just a phase. Like, it's just a, it's just a moment. It's a chunk of time in your life. It's a, it's a dash in your timeline. Yeah. So we can get you past this. Yeah, that was something, I know it's very different, but just staying present, I think, sometimes and being like, this is, this is where we're at. When I was going through this move and, you know, moving our small family, but uh, Dana and I and, and our pooch, um, you know, it's stressful. And the, and the thing I had to just keep telling myself was, this is where we're at. This is just it, you know, there's yeah. no getting around it. I can't, I can woe is me all I want about the struggles or the difficulties within this. But at the end of the day, this is it. This is where we're at. And so be present, trust the process. And, um, you know, you got to do what you got to do and and, and yeah. make it happen. So. <laughs> and find those silver linings. Like, mm. There's always a silver lining Perspective. to... Yeah, your situation. My daughter was actually just expressing that she she claimed she knows nobody in her fifth grade class. <laughs> like, and I'm like, really? Nobody? You've been in the same school for six years. Right. Your, your entire class changed over. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, well, that's what I said, mom. And I said, okay, so you could complain about, or you can make new friends. Right. Yeah. You can complain about 
this isn't your core group of friends that you've made, or you can be like, cool, this is a perfect opportunity for me to get to know some new people. Right. Which she was kind of like, nah, but right. we'll warm up. We'll work, we'll work on it. Right. Well, so and it's, it's the looking... What I try and tell other people that do come to me for advice is, let's find your silver lining. Yeah. And it's, I like that message that you're, you're teaching your daughter and, um, when there is an issue, it's like, what part can I, what part am I playing or what part can I play to change my, my narrative? You know, um, that's a, that's a lesson. I have been told, one of my good friends, she, uh, told me that my biggest fault is that I'm too happy. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I get frustrated. What? (laughs) <laughs> I get frustrated with Dana sometimes, my wife, because she's always got the like the the positive side of an issue, and I'm like, come on, like just, like just let me be angry. Yeah, just wallow in this like frustration nope, with I me, know. and she's yeah. like, nah, nah. <laughs> I have that same Peter and I ebb and flow on that too. Yeah, I'll be in the upswing and you'll get down on something, and I'm like. Fine. and then vice versa yeah yeah we get in that little spat of can i just be angry right now right it's so good <laughs> you though be angry with me for a moment? it's so good to be challenged on those things both directions i think i think it's it's healthy i think it's important to know um know where your mind's at but also to change your own narrative and to to work on those things and actually um practice as an adult, just as much as a child can practice those things too, of looking at what, what's the perspective, what's the lens that I want to look through. Um, it's, it's okay to be realistic and understand, but then to change, to change that view and be like, okay, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to take it from this spin or I'm going to take it from this angle. Or... That was this March, which, when did you guys leave? Uh, I left like three weeks ago, I guess. Um, okay, so yeah, I mean, you guys were here in March when yeah. it snowed and then rained, uh, yes. and everyone on the planet who owned any housing yep. had flooding in their basement. I didn't have any um, flooding, thank goodness, but yes, I'm with you. We pumped out 900 gallons out of our basement. Ooh, boy. <laughs> I mean, to the point where I, like, sent a video to our supervisor and was like, so I can't come into work and this is why. <laughs> like I'm taking a sick day, and you need to see the reasoning behind it. Uh, we had our one basement window, it was literally a waterfall into our bathroom. Oh, no. Through the landscaping and stuff. But we, like, and I did get frustrated throughout the process, because at one point I was like, the water is never stopping. Mm-hmm. My daughter put her swimsuit on and made the entire basement into a splash park. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, right, which is totally hilarious. And then she was surprised that the water was cold, but I was like, it smells like... Would you like me to boil some water and throw it down here too and warm it up for you? Like, I'm not really sure what you're expecting when you jumped into the lake. But it was funny. It was, you know, I donned on, a, I essentially for 48 hours donned on a pair of rubber boots in my house and literally was our our and it came at the worst time too we had just gotten our bedroom set delivered and our bedroom is in the basement so a brand new bedroom set which I've never owned in my entire life has been parked in my upstairs living room along with the downstairs living room furniture a tv a bookshelf 
you know, everything we owned that was downstairs was moved upstairs into a living room. And thank goodness we had the space to do so, um, so that we could get the basement cleaned up. But it was like, I can't live like this. Oh my gosh. Like there's just stuff everywhere and I can't do it. And there's water coming in and, and, but it was a great break from that stress to have my daughter be like, swimsuit time and just go dive into our basement. Yeah, yeah, it's like turning something that's like stressful and miserable, but also like, all right, let's make the most of it. (laughs) And and I went, so then replacement wasn't on my shoulders either in terms of tearing out things downstairs, so that was also a blessing in disguise. (laughs) Like, oh, I don't have to repair any of this? Perfect. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) How does your... um, positive spin on things how does that influence or how has that impacted your life uh throughout the years like i mean obviously you've got a lot of you've got a lot of uh things on your plate like you're you're involved in a lot of different things and do you think that plays into the fact of you know people wanting you on their board or um these different um just these different things that you're involved in um how does that affect those I think so. I mean, I, you know, obviously the exception of a few friends who see my positiveness as <laughs> too much on occasion, <laughs> um, which I'm like, that's fine, whatever. Just don't text me back. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> you can take a break from me. I'll understand. Right. Um, I think it, it does. I think it, me attempting to remain positive in life um, does draw, naturally draw people to me and naturally then, you know, they perceive me a certain way, um, as helpful, as outgoing, as, uh, someone who is determined to get stuff done. Right. Um, my mom was at a, an event not too long ago that quite a few Lakeville, I'm going to call them dignitaries, um, you know, people who sit in city council or school board or stuff were also in attendance. And when they came home, they walked out, they, my parents only lived seven houses from us. They walked my parents walked down and knocked on our door and, and my dad jokingly said, so are you just going to run for mayor next? <laughs> and I was like, hey, maybe. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I want none of that in my life. And B, well, why would you even ask me that? And, and my mom said, well, we just came from whatever it was and you know, all of these like these Lakeville dignitaries are just singing your praises. It just seems like maybe a natural fit for you to run for some sort of office. Oh, that's awesome. That's really uh, cool. And, you know, and I think part of that is is my attitude of, hey, we can get this done if we work together or, you know, let's look at it as different light. Yeah. Um, yeah, just in general, having a positive attitude, I think, helps create better, I want to say create better connections, but people tend to enjoy your company more yeah. um, when, you, when you do. Yeah. But I think it's also put, you know, this year at work I did receive the Outstanding Leadership Award um, and, you know, things that were never even on my radar. Sure. It, it's something that re- my positive attitude is, is coming back to me. Yeah. Um, you know, I went to the, I went to our employee appreciation and when my name was called, I was genuinely shocked. Yeah. And the teacher that we had last year was not. And I was like, huh. Yeah. You know, and so I think you don't realize what an impact your 
your attitude has um, until you get those surprises. Right. Well, I didn't. I honestly didn't think anyone was really truly noticing. You know, yeah. sort of thing. And I wasn't doing it for them, or you know, I wasn't doing it. I wasn't sure. doing it for me. I was doing it because I love my job. I love my kids. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was really nice to see receive some recognition, but in the same sense, I didn't expect it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. My daughter and my mother-in-law are playing hide and seek. So I'm sorry if there's laughing in the background. Oh. They just went shrieking through the living room. No, so. it's it's totally fine. <laughs> totally fine. Um, Monica, I mean, you've. I've kind of highlighted, we've talked about several different things you're involved in. All of them are, everything that you're, you're involved in is it kind of, um, it's around the same concept of kind of crazy face, you know, of like giving back, doing good and making a difference. Um, you've, I know you and I know you have a very empathetic heart. You care a lot about people and, and Whatnot. Where does that come from? Do you remember a time growing up or do you, you know, like, where do you think that that, that part of your life, a part of who you are, um, stems from? I think it was becoming a mother, to yeah. be honest. Um, I wasn't always like this. Yeah. I wasn't always, I, um, you know, I grew up with, I grew up with a very kind family, a very empathetic family as sure. well. Um, however, I, at one point in time, decided that law enforcement was the route that I wanted to go in terms of my college slash future career, yeah. and got into some jobs where I, I, every day I saw the worst of the worst of people. Yeah. Uh, I never did become a police officer, but I did become very close um, in a security-related field that dealt with a lot of the same things that police officers do deal with, um, and, I, and in that time, that two and a half years of my life... Uh, I, looking back on it now, I was a very jaded, hard-hearted person. Um, I definitely, you know, definitely would have agreed with certain stereotypes of different people and things like that because um, I just, I, I lived it, I saw it, I, so I just assumed people were the worst. And I disliked people, and um, I think motherhood changed changed that for me because you know obviously when you are handed this little bundle your first reaction is is oh no I have to keep this alive um <laughs> I don't right. know what you're doing and I think you also then want to see you don't want your child growing up thinking the world is terrible yeah you so then I think you kind of change your own mindset with a, also with a lack of sleep and having your schedule flip flop <laughs> several different times over, you kind of you lose yourself too. Um, and so, I think removing myself from the situation Danny and I were in uh, when I was married previously, yeah, as well as then going through the hardships that we went through, really changed my perspective on on life in general. Um, and then what's even pushed it even further was entering my classroom for the first time. Um, yeah. And, I mean, I never had exposure to such severe disabilities previously to entering that classroom um, seven years ago now. And so I think just even those kids have made me learn so much more than I could ever imagine, uh, you know, their individual personalities um, just things you don't even think of the way that they, they learn to communicate on their own, um, some of their cheeky behaviors, um, <laughs> <laughs> you 
you know, the games that they they come up with and play. Um, you know, just that stuff. You how how do you not develop a soft spot for that? Yeah. Um, and so I think it's just been a developmental from from becoming a mom almost eleven years ago, and then it's just increased with the the work that I now do, which I would have never. I I mean, me entering that classroom seven years ago was I applied for a job because I needed health insurance. Right. And I never. You would ask me seven years ago, I'd have been like, "Well, it's just a job." Sure. You know, I I have health insurance now and and sixteen dollars an hour. Like I can quit one of my three jobs. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh. And so I never would have thought it developed to what it has so far. Mm-hmm. So I think that just, you know, as a human being, I've learned and grown and I want, I want to continue that streak. Yeah. You can, I mean, you can tell that it's, it's important to you and it's something that you hold dear and, and something that's just clearly become part of who you are. Um, yeah. Just through the different things that you're involved in. Um, we haven't really talked about special education. Um, and you know, when we first met in the classroom that we worked in or that you still work in, uh, I know that you've been in a few different acronymed classrooms. I'm still, no, I've only been placed there because we've been short on students in our own, but no, I've been in the dash room for, this will be my seventh school year in the dash room. Um, and I'm the only, the, Claudette is gone. Sharon is gone. They both retired. Yeah. Um, and so <laughs> you're still there, still kicking. I'm the ri- I'm I'm now the original. Yeah, that's so awesome. It'll be interesting to see what changes this year. Uh, I have. Would you? We have. A great would you give? Nurse, but I have. I'll get new support staff, so it'll be interesting. Yeah. Would you give our listeners just a kind of a rundown of um, the group of students that we work with in a dash classroom and some of the difficulties and some of the different components and pieces that, um, go into being in that classroom. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so dash, which is the Dakota alternative for severely handicapped, which I'm not sure is actually technically the most PC thing to say anymore. Um, <laughs> however, it was created the teacher that, that Shane and I used to work under, She's the one who created the program 30-something years ago. Yeah. Um, and in that time, that acronym was extremely appropriate. Um, but she, I mean, she had a full hand in writing every single aspect of that program. Yeah. Um, and she did a wonderful job. Yep. So nice job, Claudette. Who would qualify, good job, Claudette. Um, students who would qualify for a DASH classroom are usually students who have uh, seizure disorders and because of that seizure disorder, um, their functionality in terms of mental capacity or in intellectual levels are uh, usually pretty severe and profound for their age group. So they might present themselves in a 15-year-old body, but only have the mental right. age of a two or three-year-old. Uh, we see extreme cases of cerebral palsy or uh, traumatic brain injuries. We've had a few. And unfortunately, you know, like shaken baby syndrome, so they've never developed past yeah. because of that traumatic brain injury. So, you know, we see a wide range of things that will break your heart to they were born this way. This is the only thing they've ever known. Um, and But they're always usually the extreme. Um, and that then 
dictates their own functionality. We've had students in the past who, uh, well, and currently you can use some simple sign language to communicate what they need. Um, some of them have use of arms and legs and, you know, are somewhat mobile and some of them don't have any use of that at all. Um, so they require feeding tubes, you know, different methods yeah. to go to the restroom, um, and, and require a staff person to do every single care. Yeah. Um, and so those present its own, you know, those own challenges themselves of you now have an adult body that unfortunately wears adult diapers and yeah. you need to change them. Yep. Um, Sometimes they outweigh you. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, a, it's a very physically demanding job because yep. a lot of these students don't have uh, control of their own bodies. Yeah, and and, um, and a lot of them are also uh, in wheelchairs. Um, yes. Yep. We. Uh, this is the first year. This last year was the first year I had two students that were not wheelchair bound. Wow. Very cool. Um, so that was a very. It was a learning experience for me because it was like, whoop, whoop, that. Yeah. Goodness, they don't can't push open a door. Cause yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, we had to childproof the classroom because one of them climbed. It was like, all right, I'm now going to dump everything out of myself. <laughs> and you're like, wait a minute. Yeah. So it was definitely uh, a little bit hurting cats this last year. Yeah, yeah. You know, but they also, you know, um, we have such a wonderful program that we find what they can do and then um, run with it. You know, yeah. We, the, the the brother sister duo, um, obviously not saying names for privacy reasons, but the brother sister duo, uh, both of them had, you know, they had the ability to use their jaw, and so we, I, I refer to it as like the Stephen Hawking way of talking. Right. You set up, set up a computer system that they can operate through a hearing device and yeah. jaw movement, and so yeah. that they can communicate with us. You know, and so we have such a great program that we find how they can be independent and then foster that independence. Right. And one of the um, cool things that I, one of the cool things that I really thought was awesome was the communication aspect of the classroom yeah. and, and the adapting to each, just like you're talking about, uh, adapting to each individual and their needs, um, you know, the creativity that came in with being able to that out. yeah of communicating whether it was a switch of just saying yes and no um you know left hand is yes or left hand is no right hand is yes or whichever that is um you know selecting and choosing things to it's, it's simple things that we take for granted and you don't think about to using right. your head to to navigate a a switch that alters or hit a switch that is um scrolling and when it gets to the word that you want to say or the thing that you want, then you hit the switch um, to, you know, like you're talking about with the jaw uh, communication to there's just so many different uh, ways of, of giving individuals and these specific students. And this is throughout special education. It's, uh, it's been a focus and something that's improving, I think. But giving someone a voice and being able to communicate and talk um, that looks different in so many different classrooms and so many different people's life, but it's, it's right. so it huge. Or giving them multi-modalities. Uh, you know, we have one student who... Sure. Uh, they, they would be... They're classified as deafblind, um, and so we're, we're trialing a couple of different things of, you know, using simple sign language to having that 
student pick up an op, you know, like, so a bell for music, you know, they want to go, go play at the music station or mm-hmm. some sort of toy or some like, like a fork for, hey, I'm hungry, so that they can advocate for themselves, pick up the fork, and that fork we've been, you know, trained, I don't, trained them in a way to, to this, you picking up this fork tells me that you want a snack or lunch right. or whatever right. next on the agenda. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that we try and assist them and meet them where their level are, yeah. not expect them to conform to what we've decided as a society is functional. Yeah. Um, so I love that, and I love that we have some very strong parents in my classroom, too, that really advocate for um, trying new things, too, that they're not like, oh, well, this is what needs to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, some great group of parents that are like, what? What else can we try? Yeah. We want our children to live up to their best potential. And yeah. so, you know, I hear horror stories of IEP meetings, and I'm really happy that that doesn't seem to be our... Our, our parents don't show up for a fight. Yeah. Um, and I really hope that when I do finish my school and I actually get to be in the teacher role, um, that I can continue that tradition of that we are a team that has the best interests of the child and that, that the best interests of that child isn't going to look the same for every student. Yeah. Um, that we're going to find those functional behaviors and roll with them so that they can live their best life possible. Yeah. So amongst all of the things that you have you are involved in and doing, you are also going back to school um, for your education degree or education license? Yes, for my special education license. Nice. That's um, awesome. And that, that sprung this year. Um, Claudette encouraged it yeah. my entire five-ish years that... Yeah that I was in her classroom, she really kind of was like, you should think about going to school. And I was like, no, that's terrible. <laughs> um, <laughs> and finally, we had a teacher this year that didn't give us their best work and effort, and it angered me. Yeah. Um, and lit a, lit, a, lit a fire and was like, you know what? No. It's time. I can do this. Yeah. I know I can do this. Why am I not? Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, I'm getting snippet reminders of why I why I was not. <laughs> While I go to school, I'm like, oh yeah, that's fine. <laughs> so, but I'm you know pushing through. I obviously know what the end goal is, so I'm trying to not let the frustrations of of being an adult learner um, inhibit my ability to succeed and get this special education license that I can be the teacher um, and then learn all of the awesome you know, agenda and political junk that goes on in school Yeah, district. yeah, yeah. It's, it's there. It's prevalent. It's very, yes. there is a lot of uh, red ta- tape and a lot of um, crap that goes on. And anybody that's but in the education world knows. So Overwhelming theme that has been even in my classes, especially for special, special education, is most of the teachers that I've had now um, – for my college degree, basically I've said, if you don't have the passion for this, don't do it. Yeah, yeah. And so that's like, okay, well, I do have that. Yeah. <laughs> I may not be the best student, but I have the passion. Yeah, so. absolutely. Cool. So at least I got that going for me. <laughs> yeah. And many a late night sitting in front of a computer going, uh, <laughs> how yeah. many more words do I need to make this paper be done? <laughs> <laughs> oh yes 
the good old college days. Yep. Um, I would love to kind of wrap things up with um, you maybe talking to us about best buddies um, and giving us more information about that. And then we can definitely point people in the direction of helping you um, with your fundraising goals. Yes. So Best Buddies is a uh, international nonprofit um, that whose overall goal is inclusion. Uh, and so they have four main pillars that they focus on in inclusion efforts, and that is one-to-one friendships, which start as, as soon as elementary school, basically, um, you know, inclusive classrooms, and that you basically get paired up with a buddy that then you create a friendship for life um, so that people who do live with intellectual and physical disabilities um, are integrated and inclusive into society as well as felt, you know, to be made like they are included. I, I attribute it to, like, recall a time that you were picked last for dodgeball or you found out you weren't invited to, you know, little Susie's birthday party or something. Yeah. Do you remember that? Thinking feeling yeah. of being left out. Mm. Now, think about if that feeling followed you through life, like because you were you have someone who has some form of disabilities and you're constantly excluded because people don't understand you. Yeah, that's the feeling best buddies is trying to eliminate. Yeah, um, and so they do that through through the one to one friendships in the schools. Um, they do it through going into business communities and helping businesses create jobs uh, for people with disabilities, but not. And then they take it a step further. Like they don't just help you to create create the job and then leave you high and dry. Uh, Best Buddies will provide support to the business as well as the person working in that role for life. Um, and so they're not like, "Oh, cool, you created this job that a person with disabilities can do. We'll see you later." They continually train and help support so that that person can stay on staff there. Uh, They provide leadership skills to people who live with disabilities. So they have different leadership conferences, different workshops, different things. Um, I was a part of a speech workshop, so we helped people write their own speeches to to tell about themselves. Um, And so I was a speech coach for one of those trainings. And then the last one and their newest pillar is inclusive living. So whatever that means to someone. So they help people who have disabilities find um, places to live, integrate themselves into our general education society, um, and sometimes your inclusive living or your independent living is living with somebody. Yeah. Um, and so they support all of that and through, obviously, donations and, and things like that. And so there is no Minnesota um, chapter. Okay. We do have Best Buddy programs in a couple of schools, like the school I work in, Lakeville North, does have a Best Buddy chapter, like as in a little school club, but there's no statewide chapter with a home office or anything, and so that's what we're really trying to accomplish is um, fundraise enough money to open a, a state chapter so that we can provide more services to the people of Minnesota, um, and that's what I'm, I'm, that's where I come in as a Best Buddies Champion of the Year candidate. Yeah. Um, and so I have a, um, fundraising you know website um that all the funds like i don't i don't see the money you know in terms of like i don't have access to it yeah people are like well where's that money actually and so unless you hand me money myself is the only 
you know, everything goes straight into my fundraising page, straight to Best Buddies, yeah. um, straight to the Minnesota chapter, because it is an international um, organization. So, Great. But it goes straight to opening the Minnesota chapter. Um, and, you know, I'm working, I'm developing or working with a couple different things to have like a, what are they, a, a, you know, beer bash night or whatever. You yeah. buy your $10 um, and that proceeds would then go to Best Buddies through that. Um, we're going to do a couple, you know, come as you are yoga classes where you just give me a donation and I will teach yoga. And cool. all of that money is going to go straight to Best Buddies. Um, but my biggest thing is I'm attempting to get, you know, businesses um, even small local ones, all the way up to big corporations, to assist too, and that's obviously my biggest scariest to like approach somebody like Target and be like, "Hey, yeah, can I have some money for this thing?" Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm trying to actually really explain it well, and I don't know if I am, you know. But that's the only way that this is, movement is going to get yeah. off the ground is through because it is a nonprofit um, and. You know, I see the importance of it, and I try very hard to to display the importance of it as well. Because you know, the more inclusive we live as a society, we we only get better. Yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. So you have a fundraising page. I am going to share that page. Yep, I will get you the link to that. Perfect. Um, if you go to the Best Buddies International website, you can search Best Buddies Champions of the Year, I yeah. believe. I'm looking right now. Oh, so if you go to the Best Buddies dot, it's, um, I think it's bestbuddies.org. So, our, well, our website is bestbuddieschampion.org. And then you can click on Support a Champion, and you can look me up. Okay. Um, Monica Aubert, J-O-U-B-E-R-T. And you can find my specific fundraising page, which then there's some more info about me, um, what I'm doing. You can join my team, which is the Miss Lakeville Royal Squad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> nice. Or you can donate right there. You know, we also, and donate, donations don't have to go, just come via financial. We have a gala um, at, in November, and we need silent auction items, large ticket items. Perfect. Um, you know, services, like we're currently looking for someone to emcee the gala. You know, yeah. so donations aren't necessarily monetary. They come in other forms, too. And so um, if people want to reach out to me because they have something else other than financially to donate, I would you know, be happy to direct them or um, get them in place where they need to be in place. And then you also can buy tickets to the gala if that's, of interest to people and just like one big party um, that's awesome but it all supports the goal of best buddies becoming having a um, minnesota chapter coming home in, yeah having minnesota chapters so that they can offer more support with people living with physical and intellectual disabilities amazing i um i'm gonna commit 25 dollars uh Aww. from crazy face uno uh to <laughs> best buddies into um, your page, I, that's important. And it's, I know it's not much, but it's, it's a simple no, way for me to, and for us to, yeah. So crazy face, Uno is committing $25. Um, I will post information about best buddies and Monica, her page. Um, it'll be on our social media and I will include, um, a screenshot of my 
and our commitment uh, at here at Crazy Face Uno to uh, to that cause. So um, if you're listening, this is something that's important to to us. Um, it's a way for us to do good and to give back and to make a difference um, in the lives of of individuals and something that you know we stand for here at Crazy Face Uno. So if you're listening. Um, I would love if you would also take part and give to Monica and the Best Buddies um, organization and helping create the Minnesota chapter of Best Buddies. So um, keep a lookout for absolutely (laughs) keep a lookout for that that post and and that information and let's uh, rally behind and help Monica be the champion. And uh, bring be awesome. bring that to the champion uh, last year for a different state raised a crazy amount of money. Yeah, so, fingers crossed. But <laughs> absolutely. Well, and if there's anything else we can we can help with, um, please don't hesitate to ask. Uh, crazy face. You know, I would love to I participate. Know, in any I, way we can. I mean, I know you're in. I know you're in Florida, um, and I I'm assuming. Your podcast listeners are not just in Florida and Minnesota, no. but you know one way that they can they can look up to see even if there's there's chapters in their own states. Cool. Um, we the Best Buddies as an organization is trying to get chapters in every in every single state. Um, and if you know you feel the call to help, and if it's not financially, you know look into the organization yourself. And if you work in a school, see about your school starting its own chapter there. Yeah. You know. There's so much that can be done that won't actually cost you any money yeah. um, that only helps. And, you know, spreading the word is one of the biggest ways to help because the more that people know about it, the more support that it'll get. Awesome. Monica, you're amazing. You're doing some awesome things. And, um, again, if there's any way that the Crazy Face can crazy face uno can help in the future please don't hesitate to reach out to us and and let us know we would love to contribute to um the success that you have had in in so many different arenas um and it's been an honor to have you on the podcast so thank you very much well thank you and you know i will say it was uttered a few times this year in my classroom to those who were um aware of that come back shay Uh, I miss you guys. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. All right, everybody. Thank you so much. Just a reminder, do good. Make a difference. Uh, We love you here at Crazy Face Uno. So thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for listening. Share this podcast. Share the other podcasts. And and share the things that you're doing um, in your communities, both locally and globally, um, to do good and make a difference. We appreciate you. We appreciate each and every one of you out there. Thanks again. Peace.